It's Philosophy Talk. We have to extricate the truth from this unbeliever on pain of torture. Waterboarding. The Iron Maiden. The Rack. The Thumbscrew. Fetch me the soft cushions. Is it right to torture to save a life? Ten lives. A million lives? Civilization as a whole. Now, infidel, confess. Sometimes I Isn't it always wrong to torture? Our guest is Nancy Sherman from Georgetown University. Get the comfy chair! The ethics of torture. Confess! Confess! Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco. Continuing conversations that began at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Today, the ethics of torture. Ken, in a recent past, there, there was a lot of discussion about whether waterboarding counts as torture. Are we going to use our subtle, well-trained, philosophical minds to think about waterboarding for an entire hour? Gosh, John, I sure hope not. I mean, look, almost every dictionary gives two definitions of torture, a narrow one that includes inflicting great physical pain, and a broader, more inclusive one that includes inflicting severe mental anxiety and suffering. Waterboarding clearly counts as torture by the second definition, so there's no issue, even if it's ambiguous whether it counts as uh, torture by the first definition. And since our, our topic is the ethics or morality of torture, for that purpose, we need to think about the more inclusive definition that includes inflicting severe mental anxiety and mental suffering. Well, let, let's start with a moral point of view that seems to offer a pretty unambiguous answer. That's, that's Kant's. Uh, Kant said you should never treat people merely as instruments, never just as a means to your own goals. Humans, he says, are autonomous beings. Each of us has our own goals. There's a difference between a tape recorder and a person. I'm not sure that's Kant's example. If you're having trouble getting information out of a tape recorder, you can pound on it or kick it. That may not be very effective, but it isn't immoral, at least not if you own the tape recorder. But if you want to get information out of a person, you should connect your desire for information with their goals. You should rationally convince them to tell you what you want to know. Sure, that sounds all very high-minded and noble, but you know, it doesn't sound very practical. Fortunately, there are other moral points of view that give us an alternative to this. Take a pure utilitarian. A pure utilitarian says that an act is right if it brings about the greatest good for the greatest number. Now, if someone has kidnapped a child and left them to die somewhere, and you need to find out where, and torturing someone until they talk is the only way you're going to find out where, it might just be the right thing to do to torture the person. Look, it'll be better for the child, better for the parents, even better for the criminal, because it'll prevent a murder charge. And, and murder plus kidnapping is certainly worse than kidnapping alone. Or, or, or take uh, a terror. You, if you, if you torture someone, if you torture a terrorist and uncover a plot that saves thousands and thousands of lives, how could that possibly be wrong? Well, so we got two clear positions. You're thinking of act utilitarians, but there's a kind of a between position between act utilitarianism and Kantianism, rule utilitarianism. 
Rule utilitarians say that we should adopt rules that, if followed, will bring about the greatest good for the greatest number. Not torturing could well be such a rule. If we don't have a firm rule against torture, torture might not be limited to cases of kidnapping and terrorism. So even from a sort of utilitarian point of view, a ban on torture may be justified. Well, I, I take your point, but if we're going to get into rule-mongering, sure, the rule should be don't torture except in extreme circumstances. Look, imagine, just imagine being the parent of a kidnapped child. Or, or imagine losing your, a member of your family to a terrorist who blows up a building or is about to blow up a building. If you, if you found that, you'd be pretty angry if you found out after the fact that Kiefer Sutherland could have gotten the information to save their lives if he had just not been so delicate and engaged in a little bit of torture. Kiefer Sutherland, you, you mean the character he plays, Jack Bauer. Right, the hero on 24, that TV show. He tortures several people per episode to foil terrorist plots. And most viewers, most viewers seem to think he's doing the right thing. Well, that's a good argument, Ken. A good argument that TV watchers must be utilitarians, not Kantians. But you know, there are some other, perhaps deeper issues we should discuss too. Right or wrong, torture happens. Is it effective? Sometimes soldiers, perhaps even American soldiers, are ordered or, in, or, or encouraged to engage in torture. Does it destroy your character to torture someone? What's, so to speak, the phenomenology of, of torturing and, and of being tortured? What's it like to torture someone or to be tortured? We have a lot to discuss, clearly, and our guest today is Nancy Sherman from Georgetown University. She's thought long and hard about torture and related topics. And we know you've thought about it, too. So, so join us by calling 1-800-525-9917. That's 1-800-525-9917. And you can send an email to comments at philosophytalk.org. But first, our roving philosophical reporter, Joe Rupago, examines the torturer's point of view. How do soldiers who participate in torture feel about their role? She files this report. Chris Arndt was 17 when he enlisted in the National Guard. At age 19... He was at Guantanamo Bay guarding prisoners. I was responsible for all the keys and the shackle keys and the locks, the padlocks and the shackles, and I organized the escort teams that moved the detainees throughout the camp. He also took shifts manning the prison gates, walking up and down cell blocks, and monitoring interrogations. He says there's no question that prisoners were abused. There was physical abuse on the behalf of the guards. I witnessed a lot of that myself, and there was also the abuse of keeping people awake for several months at a time, keeping them from sleeping for large periods of time by moving them. That's called the Frequent Flyer Program. And as an escort controller, I was in charge of making sure that detainees are moved frequently from one cell to the other. Arndt says he never saw any waterboarding or anything like that, but he considers himself a torturer. You know, I helped make Guantanamo Bay work, and Guantanamo Bay is a uh, place where torture, I do believe, does happen on a daily basis, and I'm absolutely 100% guilty of participating in torture. At the time, though, this didn't register. I mean, uh, a place like Guantanamo is so consistently intense that over the course of a year, everything just kind of bleeds together. I emotionally tuned out pretty quickly, like everybody else in my unit. Arndt is one of four U.S. soldiers featured in a book written by San Francisco journalist Justine Sherrick. She wanted to find out how being involved in torture had affected these soldiers and how their communities back home reacted to them. 
She thought people would be appalled. But I found the exact opposite, where it was the people back home who had the highest level of support for torture. And the soldiers were the ones that felt guilt and felt like they had to hide that from their communities that wanted to celebrate them as war heroes. Besides feeling guilty, she found that many of the soldiers were outraged partially because they didn't always realize they were participating in abuse until later. Because a lot of the the so-called torture light, the things like sleep deprivation um, or stress positions, especially at Guantanamo, are done in a way that, like various cogs in the machine, so each individual soldier doesn't necessarily see the larger picture of what they're doing. Like Chris Arndt and the Frequent Flyer program, now that the Bush administration's policy on detainee handling is being heavily questioned, some of the veterans feel deceived. They were just told the Geneva Conventions don't apply, but then when they, they realized that those arguments were faulty, then it just added an extra sense of betrayal. Sherrick said it was hard to ask soldiers outright whether they considered themselves torturers. I was surprised by how difficult it was for me to ask that question, because it would even be after 20 hours of interviews talking in detail about what they did, but then actually saying the word torture One soldier, Andrew Duffy, said, of course I wouldn't call myself a torturer. Who wants to apply that label to themselves? Which is sort of the the most honest and basic way to put it. She found the definition of torture is murky in ways we don't usually think about. Often the most violent and sort of bloody acts aren't necessarily torture. Something like uh, leaving someone in a restraint chair for days without food or water versus beating someone up. That can even just be seen as an act of aggression. Arndt, the guy who guarded prisoners at Guantanamo, says there's no sharp line between what is and is not torture. But if you're doing it, you just know. If you're dealing in any way, shape, or form in a way in which one begins to question oneself about whether or not things are torture, you're probably torturing somebody, and there's no justification for doing that in my mind at all, when there was no safeguard whatsoever to ensure that we were not doing this to innocent people. Chris Arndt now works with a group called Iraq Veterans Against the War. He's been writing and speaking publicly about his experiences. Justine Sherrick's book, Tortured, comes out in summer 2010. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Jill Replogel. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music, Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.